Take your Bible, let's turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 16. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 16 is appropriate as we're talking about the beginning of this church 35 years ago um, and to go back to where the Lord Jesus Christ talked about uh, the church and His uh, little congregation of 12 uh, disciples there. And uh, a few things that we want to see out of here this morning. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 16, let's begin reading verse number 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, and I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's pause right here. And just to help you understand that when he said here that uh, upon this rock I will build my church, he's not talking about building the church on Peter. He's talking about building the church on what Peter said, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. And we'll leave off reading there. Caesarea Philippi was a city that had a rich religious history. It had once been the center of Baal worship with at least 14 temples in and around the city. It was believed to have been uh, where the Greek god of nature, Pan, was born. In the beginning of its history, the city was so identified with that god, Greek god of nature, Pan, that it was named after the god, being called Paneus. One of its most beautiful structures was the gleaming white marble temple built for the worship of Caesar. Herod the Great had built a temple in honor of Caesar when Caesar bestowed on him another country. But it was Herod's son, Philip, who adorned the temple with the magnificence for which it was known worldwide. It was also Philip who changed the name of the city from Paneus to Caesarea, which means Caesar's town. And he also added his own name, also calling it Caesarea Philippi. So that's how we get to this uh, city. The city was proclaimed far and wide uh, a very religious city and it was uh, the worship of Caesar and the, of the gods of one's own choice were, were encouraged to be worshipped uh, all except the one true and living God. It was much like things are today. That attitude could be summarized this way. Worship the God of your choice as long as the God of your choice is not exclusive. Isn't that what we see today? So the problem people have with Jesus is Jesus said, I am the way. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's the problem they have with Jesus. That's the problem they have with Christianity. But that attitude, worship the God of your choice, as long as the God of your choice is not exclusive, and as long as He is tolerant of other, the other gods that others may want to worship, then it's okay. But that's not the way God sees things. 
That's the problem that the world has with Christians and with our Christianity. We proclaim our God, the Lord God Jehovah, to be the only God, and He is. And we proclaim that our God to be intolerant of other gods, and He is. How can we possibly believe such a thing? It's because the Lord said it. It's, it's recorded in His Word. And uh, the Lord started off His top ten commandments with this knowledge. In Exodus 20, verse 3, says, Thou shalt have no other gods before Me. Doesn't get any clearer than that. Isaiah chapter 43, verse number 11, the Lord told Isaiah, I, even I, am the Lord, and there is, and beside Me there is no Savior. Isaiah 44, verse 6, Thus saith the Lord, uh, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. Isaiah 44, verse 8, Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. Isaiah 45, verse 4, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. God is very clear over and over again. And I can give you more Scripture on that this morning, but I won't. But Caesarea Philippi had a history that was steeped in God's idolatry. And it was against this dramatic yet terrible background that Jesus asked His disciples two pointed questions that we see here. He asked these questions after having been in prayer with His disciples according to Luke's account that's given in Luke 9 and verse 18. I won't turn there, but I'll just refer to it. They just finished prayer and the Lord asked these questions. The first question that Jesus asked was this in verse 13. Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now understand that Jesus had already done many wondrous works among the people. He had healed many. He had healed a leper, a, a, the centurion's servant, and many others. He cast out demons. The, and specifically, the gathering demoniac had the demons cast out of him. He had done other miracles. He turned the water into wine. He had fed 5,000 uh, plus people with uh, five loaves and two fishes. Uh, he had raised the dead. Jairus' daughter uh, was dead. And he raised her from the dead. Understand, too, that Jesus had taught in the presence of the people. He had delivered the Sermon on the Mount to His disciples. He had delivered a scathing rebuke already to the Pharisees of their hypocrisy and their holding the tradition above the Word of God. God don't take us holding things above His Word too well. The Word of God is the final authority. Amen. He had taught many things already at this point using parables. Jesus really already knew who men said that He was. So why ask the question? The question was not asked for Jesus to get information about who people thought He was. It was for His disciples benefit that he asked this question. I believe the Lord Jesus Christ wanted them to reflect upon what people said compared to who they saw Jesus to be and who Jesus really was. That first question that Jesus asked is a critical question that is still relevant today. It's a question that evoked many different opinions. Look at verse number 14. They said, Some say that, that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But let's think about this. These popular opinions showed that Christ was highly esteemed and greatly respected. 
In fact, he was considered one of the greatest men to have ever lived up to that point by those that were alive in that time. They, they thought he was a great man. It should be noted that these opinions were not only uh, untrue, but they were dangerous and that some of them contained half-truths. And the result was tragic because people were deceived and misled by them. Can I tell you that people who have the wrong opinion about Jesus are deceived even today? And people will have some of these opinions about Christ even in our day and time. Let's take these one at a time. Some said that Jesus was John the Baptist. Now, we know that John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus the Messiah. He had been put to death at this time by Herod. And some, including Herod, when he saw the mighty works of Christ, thought that John had come out of the grave. You can read about that. I'm not going to turn to it. It's in Mark chapter number 6, verse 14 through 16. Mark 6, verse 14 through 16. But Herod thought it was John the John the Baptist, arisen from the grave. Some said that Jesus was Elijah. Now this came from a prophecy in Malachi 4, verse 5 and 6, predicting the forerunner of Messiah. However, Jesus said that this prophecy was fulfilled in John the Baptist. Look at the one page over there, Matthew 17, look at verse number 10. Matthew 17, verse 10, And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elias must first come? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elias truly had, uh, truly shall first come and restore all things. But I say unto you that Elias has come already. And they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise shall also the Son of Man suffer of them then the disciples understood that he spake unto them of John the Baptist. So John the Baptist fulfilled that prophecy uh, that is found in the book of Malachi. Now, even today, as the Jews look for Messiah, they expect Elijah to return before Messiah. See, the, the Jews missed out. They didn't see Jesus as being the Messiah, by and large. I mean, there, there were a handful of Jews that did, but... But by and large, the Jews have missed it and they're still looking for their Messiah. Now, some, some of these said that Jesus was Jeremiah. That's who Jeremiah says uh, there in verse number 14. It had been thought by many that Jeremiah was going to return to earth right before the Messiah and bring with him the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, and the altar of incense. It was believed that Jeremiah had taken these and hid them in Mount Nebo right before he died according to the writings that we don't hold as Scripture, the apocryphal books. It's, you'll find that in there. Some said that Jesus was one of the prophets. They were professing Jesus to be a great prophet who had been sent for their day and time. He was thought to be either one of the great prophets brought back to life or or in uh, one in whom the spirit of the great prophet dwelt. And that came from their understanding of what Moses wrote in Deuteronomy chapter number 18 and verse 15. He said here, and I quote, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him shall ye hearken. And also in Deuteronomy 18, 18, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth. He shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. Yes, Jesus was a prophet. 
But he was more than just a prophet. There were not only these opinions, I mean, these were not the only opinions that people had about Christ, but they were the honorable opinions of Christ. We know that the Pharisees thought that Jesus was possessed by Satan. That's kind of less honorable, isn't it? Uh, there in Matthew chapter number 12, verse 24, they, they accused him of casting out demons by the prince of demons, Beelzebub. <laughs> now the opinions that many had may have been honorable opinions, yet they were wrong. Although many connected him with messianic prophecy, none regarded him properly as the promised Messiah. It is possible for men to have good thoughts of Jesus, yet not have the right thoughts about Him. It is possible to have a high opinion of Jesus, yet not high enough opinion of Jesus. The same question evokes a multitude of responses today. Whom do men say that Jesus is? Well, if you were to ask an atheist, the atheist responds that Jesus was just another man. The Bible and history both show clearly that Jesus was more than just another man. Amen. That's not a valid uh, argument. There was something that was clearly different about Jesus. The atheist, however, is blinded to the truth. He chooses not to believe despite the multitudes of evidence proving that there is a God and that Jesus Christ was actually God in the flesh. Psalm 14.1 and Psalm 53.1 both say the same thing. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. When you have overwhelming evidence like there is for Jesus to be who He said that He is, and you reject it, you are a fool. The person who lives life as if there is no God is also a fool. Now the agnostic responds that we cannot know any more than that Jesus was a person in history. The, the agnostic is one who thinks that it's impossible to know whether there is a God or not, or future life or not, or, or anything beyond the material world that we live in. They say, you know, what we see is what we see, and we don't know anything other than what we see. That's the agnostic. However, Jesus came to reveal unto us God the Father. He said in John 14, 9, he that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Now the Muslim faith believes that Jesus was a prophet. Did you know that? In fact, many Muslims have a higher view of Jesus than most who call themselves a Christian. They believe He was a prophet. Others believe Jesus to be a good man, a religious man, and a good example. But they would believe the same is true for Gandhi, or Mother Teresa, or any number of other people who have lived. Some give lip service to who they say Jesus is, but their lives say something entirely different. There's a lot of folks who acknowledge, well, you know, Jesus is Lord. Are you allowing Him to be Lord of your life? Is He calling the shots in your life? Jesus asked a group in His day, Luke 6, 46, He said, Why, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? I mean, Lord is not a name. Lord is who Jesus is. <laughs> Amen. He's got the right to call the shots in our life. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. 
Now, who men say that Jesus is really does matter. If Jesus is who the prophets say He is, and He is, it matters. What do the prophets say? Well, the prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah 7.14 said the Messiah would be the Emmanuel, God with us. And we know that Matthew's Gospel says that was fulfilled in Jesus in Matthew 1, verse 22 and 23. Also, Isaiah said in chapter number 9, verse 6 and 7, which is mostly yet to be fulfilled, he, he, he says that uh, Jesus is going to be called the Mighty God. The Messiah would be called the Mighty God. And that's because Jesus is God. A lot of people have a problem with that. They have trouble wrapping their head around the fact that Jesus is God, God in the flesh. Fully human, human fully God. The prophet Micah, Micah 5, verse number 2 said this, and I quote, But thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel. Listen to this. Whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. And the Hebrew there is from the days of eternity. That this one that came to the earth, the God with us, he's been walking around through all eternity. Past. The days of eternity is fulfilled in Jesus, according to Matthew 2, verse 5 and 6. And, <coughs> excuse me. That's where the scribes answer uh, the wise man's question to Herod. They, he, they, they were quoting that verse in Micah. Um, and they saw that, um, that prophecy in Micah 5 2 that that was going to be fulfilled in the Messiah and the King of the Jews. Now listen, if Jesus is who the angels say He is, and He is, it matters also. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream in Matthew 1, verses 18-23. And that angel said that the child that Mary was carrying was conceived of the Holy Ghost and that He would be the Savior. That's what the angel said. The angel Gabriel that appeared to Mary in Luke 1, verse 26 through 35, said that he would be called the Son of the Highest, Son of God. Okay? He was to be conceived of the Holy Ghost and that he would be called the very Son of God. Now, if Jesus is who he claimed to be, and he is, it matters. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And as he was speaking to uh, a Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse number 18, encouraging Nicodemus to, to understand that he needed to be born again, this is what Jesus told him about himself. He said, He that believeth on him, the one that God sent, is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because it's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, if Jesus is who the centurion and they that were with him said he was, we're talking about at the cross. Remember the centurion and they that were with him? Mentioned in Matthew 27, verse 54, it says, Now, when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. There was evidence they saw 
that Jesus was the Son of God. That comes from a Gentile centurion. What men think of Jesus will determine their action or lack of action with regard to the Gospel and God. John chapter number 8, verse 24, Jesus said, I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am He, ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto Him, Who art thou? And the same thing is true today. If you don't believe that Jesus uh, is the one that died for your sins, uh, you don't have much hope. There's no hope. There's no hope. If you don't believe that Jesus was the one, you'll die in your sins. What men think of Jesus will determine their destiny because of the Gospel. Now the second question, and briefly I just want to take a look at this. Look at the second question there in Matthew chapter number 16 and verse number 15. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Whom say ye that I am? In other words, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Have you come to, to know and realize that Jesus Christ is the only Savior of the world? Now, it's not a question that one should gloss over or take lightly. It's not a question that one should delay in answering. Oh, I'll take care of that sometime later. You know, uh, if Jesus was a good man, but you know, no, I don't know. He's Savior. And if you don't have Him in your life, you're gonna, you're gonna be. Uh, hurting for certain. It's not a question that one should put off indefinitely. It's a question that we will answer the same way that Peter did someday if we haven't already. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. One of these days, everybody will see that truth. Amen. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We will do it either here and receive Him as Lord and Savior, or we'll do it before the great white throne of judgment, which will be too late. Do you know Jesus? Who do you say that Jesus is? That's what this church is about. It's been about from day one. It was formed to spread the word that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. If you haven't received Him in your heart and life today, come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And if you have trusted Jesus, the mission of the church, the mission of this church that you're a part of, if you're, if you're a member here, is to be involved in spreading that word that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and you need to believe on Him or it's not going to go well with you when you leave this earth. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we thank You this morning for the truth that this church was founded on and Lord, the same truth that You founded Your church on, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. What a blessing it is to, for us who have joined ourselves to You by believing what You did for us there on the cross of Calvary. Having our sins washed away, being, being forgiven of those sins. And Lord, having uh, a relationship with You, 
becoming a part of your church. Lord, we're blessed in that. We just pray, Lord, that you'd help us to see the great blessing that we have received in Christ. And we continue to receive spiritual blessings that are all found in Christ. And Lord, if there's one that here today that doesn't know Christ, help them come today and acknowledge the truth. Truth has not changed because truth is something that stays the same. It does not change. Lord, uh, believing on Christ is the only way to escape damnation. And I pray that if they're one that's close to hell, that they'll turn and believe this morning. Those of us that do believe, Lord, may we see the urgency right now of seeing others come to know Christ. We, we believe that You're coming as soon. We can uh, see from Scriptures that we live in uh, the perilous times that Paul spoke of. Lord, we can see things transpiring that are bringing this world to a close, to its climatic end that has been revealed in Scripture. Lord, we don't know how long it's not for us to know. But we can clearly see those things happening and help us to be part of folks' solution in coming to Christ so that they can have eternal life and they can escape the wrath that's to come. Lord, have your way in this invitation, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.